And now, around the world and around the corner, it's the David Bowers Awards, bringing the best in indie music to millions of listeners worldwide with your host, the David Bowers. We've got a fantastic lineup of guests, our entire crew here at the Asylum, and me, I'm John Bon Jovial. And now, here's the voice of indie music, the David Bowers. Thank you very much once again, Mr. John Bon Jovial. Legendary Mr. John Bon Jovial, thank you so much. And thank you, listeners, for joining us for another week of the David Bowers Awards. We've got another fun show today, and it includes a Rockstar 101, which we'll be talking with our guests there in just a little bit. First off, though, we want to get right to the music. And we thank our house band, Titty Bingo, for our theme song. And this week, we thank them for our opening number, because... One of the things we've been promising you is to get your music with Titty Bingo and Willie. And here it is. This is Titty Bingo featuring Willie Nelson doing Dead or Alive. Jesse was an outlaw, killing on the run. Slept with wild As a kid, I'll track him down to hell and back. Yeah, I'm sure bring him in. Jesse ran to Mexico. The ride was hard. Walked in a cantina. Senoritas at the bar. Sheriff's voice spoke through the bar. Jesse, lay down your gun. I'll bring him in alive. Don't make me kill you, son. Jesse knew he'd surely hang for all the wrong he'd done. He smiled. He said, I'll kill you here, old man, or the street. Be the one. Dead or alive. Dead or alive. Just another prisoners anymore. Some fellows in the West, he never had a breath. Man laying in the dust, blood and guts are everywhere. Tears are raging from the mountains down to the sun. Last thing Jesse saw was lightning from my gun.
go. There they go. That's Titty Bingo with Willie Nelson. It's called Dead or Alive. It's out right now. You've got to get your copy of that one because this is a this is kind of a collector's item. We've been waiting. How long, John Bon Jovi? We've been waiting to uh, get a new track from Titty Bingo with Willie. We've been waiting about three years, and yeah, it's I been think a while. that it's high time we got it. It's been a while. I listened to I, you know because you got me the the uh, the CD. I listened to Titty Bingo all the time. And of course, Willie Nelson. How can you not love Willie Nelson? And to put everybody loves Willie. Together, yeah. I mean, it's like, come Absolutely. on, it, 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 that it's just so damn good. I just hope we can get the boys back on here again. They've been busy. They've been do, doing a lot of studio work. They do uh, a lot of backup work. They do tours with other uh, artists, and of course, they work with Willie too. So it's uh, it's difficult, but we do want to get Titty Bingo back on the show. You can check them well, out it's online. Pretty, it's pretty Titty- cool that yeah, it's pretty cool they reached out to you. They you know they gave you a nice note along with it, saying we're oh, yeah, looking forward to yeah. coming back on the show. So yeah, they're, they're we're very much in uh, in their minds, and then that that's a good thing. And they are always in our minds because they provide our theme music for the David Bowers Awards. Every so we're really hopeful to get the boys back on the show here real soon. We have another gentleman coming up next that has been on the show before, and we've been looking forward to have him come back and hold another session of Rockstar 101. But uh, before we go to that, uh, John Bon Jovio, how are things down there in uh, your part of the world, down in the swamps? Well, the helicopter-sized mosquitoes have started to reemerge, uh, <laughs> as opposed to the uh, cicadas, which have their 17-year cycle that's going on up in North Carolina and such. Down here, we have our helicopter-sized mosquitoes that uh, have their three-month cycle, so it's you know constantly all year long. That's one of the joys of living here in paradise. Uh, well, we get the cicadas <laughs> out here too, but I am I am beginning to wonder uh, between the. Uh, brush and forest fires around the world, the earthquakes, the insect infestations. I don't know. It kind of makes you worry about what's coming next. Uh, you know what I mean? All this biblical stuff, you know, people uh, put it down, but uh, I don't know. There may it be something does make you wonder. <laughs> yes, it do. It do we got to get moving right along here because I want to give our next guest some time to uh, chat with us and tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about what it takes to make it in music today. We want to also thank our friends at WRFZ FM 106.3 in Rochester, New York, who are our flagship station. want to say hello to all the guys up there and uh, urge you, especially if you're in the Rochester market, you got to check them out because they are a, uh, they're a part of the community, not just a, you know, they're not just a jukebox that sits there and plays music. They're part of your community up there in Rochester. And we thank them so much for making us a uh, feature on their station and uh, sharing our uh, sharing our music and talk with uh, all of our listeners up in uh, upstate New York. Thank you again, all the good people at WRFZ FM 106.3. Right now, I want to bring the man in here because he's been waiting patiently, and uh, I know he's got a lot to say. Darrell Pert, welcome aboard. How's it going, guys? David, it's going. Good to see y'all. Good, good, to, good to be here. It's going, thankfully. That's the important thing. And we're glad to see you again, too. You have got, now before we get into whatever discourse you want to get into and whatever subject you want to touch on today, uh, before we do that, tell us a little bit about your program because you do this as a way of, uh, well, it's, it's basically like a job to you. You work 
with emerging <laughs> artists and a lot of artists and help them to make it in this crazy business today. Tell us a little bit about your business. Okay, cool, guys. Well, like I said, I, my name is Darrell Peart. I am the founder CEO of a company called Double and Management, a marketing group. And I'm a, I'm an artist, manager, speaker, music business consultant, and I basically help independent creatives navigate the business side of the industry of uh, and really show them how to build community, build an audience, and and build a core that ultimately allows them to be able to build and create a uh, create success without having to feel like they need to have a major record company to do that. So I think that uh, what I find most intriguing is that, well, not use the word intriguing, what I find most uh, misleading is that a lot of a lot of creatives think that they need a label or what they really need is mentorship and guidance. And they need education. I think education is often what is the most, what is the biggest missing link in today's, in today's industry because we don't have the days of artist development and the days of people educating artists is just not there. One, simply because, you know, people don't want you to know a lot of this stuff. Like, so so they don't want you to know, they don't want, people don't want you to, to, to know what it really takes. And so people like myself, I have a passion for helping people. And and the, the playground that I have to play in is, is music and entertainment. So I just found out that I can make the bigger impact working with artists, quote-unquote, at the ground level versus trying to get them into the 1% or versus trying to just work with the 1%, a major ask, is what I'm saying. Gotcha, and uh, that's one of the reasons we do what we do, and that is trying to help these emerging independent artists and give them at least one more stage to play on and a few new listeners to play to. And the point you made there that has been a recurring one that we have found, I know I've talked to you, many artists since uh, I've been doing this show. And, uh, you know, when we talk about this business we call music in the industry and how it's changed over the years and what it's like today, one of the things that I have made sure that I have stressed to them is to remember it's not called the music business because it's a game. It's called the music business because it is a music. Uh, it is a business, rather. And... Mm-hmm. I think it's important for these artists, if they're going to make a career out of it, that they remember to learn the business side of the business, too. I totally agree. I think the music business, you know, because here's what I tell people, guys. It's three things, right? It's you have the music industry, you have the music business, and you have the business of music. So if we quickly break that down, what does that mean, right? The music industry is basically you have influencers and tastemakers and people who quote unquote make up the industry of music, right? And then, but and then you have the music business, which is commerce, right? Okay. Services that I like what I offer, like commerce. And then you have the business side of music, which is basically intellectual property. And so, and understanding how intellectual property works in order for you to make a living with your art, right, with your music. Right. But here's the thing, right? So many, so many, so many creatives, and I use the word creative because. The term recording artist to me sounds very old industry. Gotcha. So you will ever, you will never hear me ever. You rarely, you very rarely ever hear me say the term recording artist. It just doesn't exist anymore. 
Like it just, I mean, we're we're in an era now where you create content, and so the term recording artist to me is just an old term. So you, so if I, I you never hear me say that. But what I believe is when you go into try to go into the music industry, essentially what you're doing is asking for permission, right? That's essentially what you're doing. You're making you raise your hand, and say, hey, tell me that I belong, tell me that I I'm good enough to to, to okay. come to your yeah. party. Right. And, you know, right. and you're, you're touching on something there, Darrell, that directly leads into a question that I want to ask you. And, you okay. know, sticking with the business aspect of the music business, you mm-hmm. have somebody that comes to you and says, I want to be a star. I want to get into the business. I'm good. I know <laughs> I can do it. And, you know, some of them are. Some of them are just mm-hmm. are damn good at what they do. Uh, mm-hmm. They may not have a head for business, but, of course, that's why they're talking to you. But how mm-hmm. do you, from a cold business perspective, mm-hmm. how do you tell somebody, you know what, you really don't have the talent. You're not that good. And, and, and that's, a, that's a cold, cruel thing to do to somebody, but it has to be said so they can get over it and get on with their life. So how do you approach that? Wow. <laughs> hey, I never said this was going to be easy, Darrell. <laughs> Here's what I tell somebody. They, it may not be my type of team, because here's the thing with music. Here's the thing with music and art. It's, so, it's subjective. So what I might like, so here's what I always say. You can find an audience in your niche, because you have some people out who are doing super, super niche stuff that isn't maybe, maybe commercially viable, but if you can find a niche, if it, you can find an audience that's going to support it, who am I to tell you whether you're good enough or not? I'm just, what I'll do then is give you the give you the tools and the knowledge to let's build a, and build an audience within that niche. Let's build a community within that niche. Doesn't mean it doesn't mean that I gotta like it, you know. So, because uh, I think that's what it is now. I think with the internet, it's level the playing field. And, and when the days of the record label was was driving success, the reason why you had to go through the record label is because they're the only ones that had access to promotion. And marketing right. and distribution and things like that. Now we have all those tools ourselves develop, available to ourselves, and it doesn't really cost that much money to distribute music anymore, right? So right. to traditional DIY artists. So really, it's really now about can you find an audience and have a have a and build a supporter basic community. So I think if you're able to do that, doesn't really matter if if, if I don't think it's good. Sure. Because, it, because again, age doesn't matter anymore. Age used to be a big thing because, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't they, – record labels would sell in volume. It was all about volume. Because you think about it, right? Only in the record business, if you only sold 100,000 copies or 100,000 uh, products of anything, of, of something, right, mm-hmm. they would consider that a, a success, right? But right. in the record business, if you only sold 100,000 albums in the old system, that would be considered a flop, right? But if you gotcha. did the math, a hundred thousand albums at ten bucks is a million dollars, right? But, well, you know, it, but it, any and any other industry, you you'd be praising it, but because of the fact of, by the way, who decided that only only going gold is to achieve success, right? Who yeah, who, right. who decided that? Who who, who some promotions who man. to make that the industry standard? Where I'm coming from on this is the fact that. You know, in the radio business, both David and I can tell you that, you know, we might have played a song on the air and just absolutely hated it, but we played it because we knew our audience was going to want to hear it. 
Correct. And I think the same is true. Like, for example, let's take um, uh, hip hop. I'm not okay. a, a fan of hip hop, not at all. However, I also recognize those artists that are genuinely talented, and we've had some of them on this show. So okay. even though you may not like it and I may not like it, can you recognize those that are truly talented and have that uh, je ne sais quoi, if you will, to, to get to their audience and make a couple of bucks doing it? I think I can. I think music is about emotion, right? So you can, even if it's not something that you necessarily are huge fans of, but if, it, if you can tell when something when it feels good, when okay, this 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 can work, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This can this can be what we need it to be. Then you know, um, again, you're not making music for everybody. You know, you're not making music for your your own person. You know, if it's something, if something can be marketed to an audience, you know, and it's good, then mm-hmm. let's work with it. Okay. You know, I, I could say there's there's A and R's at labels right now, especially think of especially it looks like hip hop and urban music, right? Because that's where I mostly play it, right? So you have A and R's who are maybe older. Because look, these kids they're signing now are much much younger. So let's say you have a, a person at A and R at a label who might be in their forties, mid forties, right? They're mm-hmm. not. This is not their generation of music. They're not really going to know what's really hot. They're exactly. depending on young kids to tell them what's hot. Or no, yeah. you're not supposed to know at 45 what the being a judge with the 17 year olds like. It's not your. It's not your era. You're not supposed to know that. This is why you have to keep young people around you and people who understand the era because you're just not supposed to know that. Like I remember know. going through those th- those same thoughts, and I'm sure John has too. Uh, back in my early radio days, well, actually during my later days too, uh, because I was, you know, I started out in high school, and so I was mm-hmm. young in, in age as well as in the business. And I can remember, you know, meeting these people, the uh, the record executives, the uh, the hype masters, you know, the ones that came around telling you what the new record to plug this week is, and they come in with their bundle of records and once in a while a gift of some kind. I was lucky; I managed to avoid the. Uh, the pay-for-play garbage. I didn't get mixed up in that. But, um, you know, I remember thinking, these guys are all 50, 60 years old. How can they possibly have a finger on the pulse of today's youth and know what records need to be made to reach today's youth? And that Can I I interject something on that? Yeah, that part has not changed. We still have to, you know, you have to know your audience you have to be able to relate to them and know what the pulse is. And John, you wanted to say, yeah. Well, you just you just made me think of a real blatant example of how the older guys might actually be best for the business. And 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 the reason why I say that uh, years ago, before the you know the untimely death of uh, Frank Zappa, he did an interview about the music business. And how the music business back in the 60s and, and into the early early 70s was run by all these old guys, all these old you know record recording mm-hmm. company executives, and and right. and their thing was, hey, let's put it out there, let's see if it sells a few copies of it. You know, it's not going to really cost us anything. Let's just put it out there. You know, probably 90 percent of the time, you know, they hit a home run, but then. 
they would they they had this guy in the mailroom, and he was this long haired <laughs> noble beard walking around with a psychedelic <laughs> gleam in his eye at all times, and they decided to bring him in and let's talk to him to find out what the kids want, and so they promoted him to uh, to become a record executive. And so he started. And Sonny Bono was no, born. I know, I know what the kids want. They don't want to listen to this. They want to listen to that. And it was a spectacular failure. <laughs> so, you know, we, we old dinosaurs, the three of us here, I really do, honest to God, I believe because we do it old school, we, believe, we know what's going to work and what's not. And which is, leads me back to why I asked you that question about what if they suck, what do you do? <laughs> How do you let them down, Jim? <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess it's one of those things you just got to try to tell people, hey, man, I just, you know, I'm not the person for you. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's I mean, a I good guess way. that's just better to put it. Hey, I'm just not the person to help you. You know, because, and I'm just not. I'd rather not take somebody's money knowing that I can't really help them. Because, look, there's right. people in this industry who service consultants and do what I do, right, who will just right. take your money and then you, they just will take your money and, and, and you'll never hear from them. Now, Take granted, the money and run, yes. Right. right. And, and I granted, respect there, you for there, that. Right. And granted that there is there is no guarantees when it comes to what we do and when it comes to art, right? If I just don't vibe with it, you know, and some mm-hmm. like, and there's some – there's some music I don't like. For instance, I don't work in country. It's not my world. Doesn't mean that it's not good music. I don't have the relationships in country music. I don't have. There's certain things I won't work with because I just don't work in those spaces. I don't have to be successful. You have to have relationships with people. You know what I mean? You have to be able to know because when you hire a consultant like myself or whatever, you're not necessarily just paying for the information and knowledge because the information and knowledge is is really out there. You can get it for free. It's, you can go on the internet, right? But what you're paying for is the execution of how to take that knowledge and make it work and the relationship and the network of a particular person, right? Right. Well, that makes so, sense. so I'm not going to just work. I'm not going to work in in spaces that I don't necessarily have relationship with now. I will say this. Most recently, I was working with a, a metal band. But what I was teaching them, though, was universal principles. Right? Not so much, you know, we didn't really get into, like, okay, I'm going to start to plug you with this radio person, that radio person. Like, but, 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 but what I can say is that there are fundamental principles, just like sports. There are fundamental principles that can be taught whether or not the person is LeBron James or the, other, the average person on the bench, right? There's still mm-hmm. the fundamentals of the game or the fundamentals right. of, of whatever it is you're learning that can be taught to anybody. Right. And so, 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 but when it comes to specifics, like, okay, I could plug you in this particular person, that particular person, that's just, you just have to, you just have to have certain relationships that, that you know you can do certain things. If you're doing this ethically, if you're not, which a lot of people aren't, <laughs> yeah, take your money unfortunately, sad but true. And, and I want to commend you for uh, for your philosophy of not taking their money just to take their money. I admonish, warn, advise all emerging artists on their way up from the uh, stone cold beginner on up. Take that take that message to heart. There are a lot of people out there that'll be willing to take your money and run, even if they know 
that you're not going to make it. You've got no place to go. So be careful. Probably one of the first things you need to think about when you think about becoming a professional musician is how do I know that I'm getting advice from someone who has my interests at heart? Where do I know well, I'm going to be? Who am I going to be able to trust? Yes, Darrell. Right. And here's what I'll say to that. Right. So majority of people. This is why. This is why. This is how you guys find me. I give out knowledge. Right. So I give right. out knowledge, and I'm postured to what I'm talking about. So when you read and see my content, you know that I'm not just blowing smoke up somebody's ass. Right. So right. I think, and, and that allows me to build trust with people without ever meeting them or talking to them firsthand, right? They just, I'm just, I'm consistent. So the way you do that is, look, there is no better business bureau for the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the fact of the matter is you will get burned a couple of times. This is the nature of the game. You're in this thing long enough, you're going to get burned. Everybody does. Right. So if you're complaining of because if you're complaining about spending a couple thousand dollars and you get burned, you might want to get out of this business because this, that's, that's, that's not a whole lot of money. If you're complaining mm-hmm. about spending, if you're complaining about spending five, six, eight, ten grand, that's not a lot of money in the, in this business. In the so overall I scheme. think a lot of people got to get that, they got to get that they got to get that reality out there, that perception out their mind. Don't mm-hmm. if you if you're trying to nickel and dime your way in this space, it will not work for you. You might as well right. just stop. It just won't work. You know. So so as far as being trusted. You know, the, you know, I just try to, I just try to give out knowledge, information I think can help people. And what that's done for me is that when most people come and find me, they've already been watching me for a little while, and they're right. already. Uh, and also, too, guys, I give everybody, everybody that's subscribed to this, but I give anybody and everybody a free thirty to forty-five minute conversation with me. Which people are like, Dora, why do you do that? You know, you should be charging, you know, a hundred bucks an hour. And I really shouldn't be charging that. But for me, I want to build a rapport with people I work with. I want them to know when they work with me that I'm not out here just take their money. So yeah, I will sit down for forty five minutes, maybe an hour most times, and sit down and yeah, I'm gonna pitch my service, I'm gonna pitch what I do. But I'm going to you're gonna at the end of that call, there's gonna be some trust built. And essentially right. That's how people become get comfortable working with me. So I can always pick for me, but that's how my process works. Right, and you're right. I know we touched on this before, and that was uh, relationship building, building a relationship between the management, the promotion, and the artists themselves. But before we run out of time, I want to take a moment here and let you do a little self-promotion because we believe very strongly in that. How do how does a emerging artist contact you to discuss whether you two want to get together and talk about it or not? How, how do they get in touch with you for your opening? It's real real simple. They can go to text Durrell. That's T-E-X-T Durrell, D-U-R-E-L-L, textdurrell.com. So they can text me. Their, they can text me. I put their phone number in there. Shoot me a text. I will respond back to them, right? And that's okay. how we get the dialogue started that way. That's the quickest way. I uh, also do. They can find me on social media, which is my at Darrell Peart again, D R E L L P E A R T, which is where we got on all platforms. Yeah, on mm-hmm. all platforms, right? So right. they can find me there, and that's yeah, that's that's the best way. And obviously, my website is DarrellPeart.com. But but initially, if they want to start a conversation, they can go to com, put their phone number there, and I will 
that will start the conversation and then we'll go from there. Fantastic. And to carry through on the thought that brought us to this point, that is relationship building. I think most people, by the time they get the idea to turn pro, have got a feeling for the fact that they're going to need they're going to need some help, and they want to find it. But they probably also have a concept of a relationship, even though I have met some semi-seasoned pros that have no idea what a relationship is. How does a, a upcoming artist? How does one build this relationship, whether it's with a management uh, management person, uh, a promoter, uh, whatever. How, how does a new artist go about building this relationship? Good question. It's basically what you're saying it's networking, right? So right. Uh, when it comes to networking, the quickest, the best and easiest way to do that is when you want to build with somebody, make it about them first, not about you. Right. A lot of people make the mistake of, Trying to approach relationships with a with a me first mentality, with a take mentality, you can't mm-hmm. do that. And our, our industry is all people. You have to be willing to give. You got to what do you, give, give. Let somebody. What are you willing to do for somebody to help them make their life a little bit easier? Right. And they're going to remember that. You know, they're going to remember how to do that. You know, also too, have good soft skills. Know how to send an email professionally. You know, know how to talk to people. You know, I mean, soft skills matter, but but the quickest way is, and the most best way to approach it is make it always make it about the other person first. Excellent, and because that because that, then you're operating from a place of how can I help you versus you need to do something for me. I can't tell you the number of times that uh, we here on the David Bowers Awards have run into that situation, and uh, I, the big thing going right now that I've noticed online is I am continually getting bombarded by people who will see a post that I've put up and immediately put up, promote this with me, you know, and uh, as far as I'm concerned, (laughs) posting your promotion on whatever I've posted is spam. And I'll report that every time. Exactly. People people do that all the time thinking that 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 works and it doesn't work. And like, doesn't make me want to, does not make me want to go listen to your stuff. Like, don't use my, you know, and and, you know, the, the thing I found is when I, Every now and then, just for just for grins and giggles, I'll just fire him a note back and say, "Sure, send me your uh, send me your business license, your uh, references, and a proposal, and we'll discuss it." And I never hear from him again. <laughs> You're right. You know, I mean, look, the quickest way to see if somebody's serious or not is when you start talking about money. And here's the thing with artists, right? Artists are the only people that are creatives are the only people that think that you should work with them just because they're this that good, that you should mm-hmm. work with them for free. Right. They don't understand that there's value. If you want my time and you value what I do, then you should pay for my time. Right, right. Unless we're bartering. Unless yeah. you're bringing something of value to me that I need in exchange for helping you. Right. Most of the time, it isn't that way. Most of the time, you need my knowledge, and you just think I should give it to you because I love when I hear people talk about, man, you should manage me, man. We're going to go to the top, and we're going to make millions of dollars for us. No, we're not. I think myself, you know, we're not going to make it. You're not going to do that at all because most of the time, you you don't even have the knowledge and expertise that you need to even scratch the surface to even be successful. 
because when you start when you start talking to artists about business stuff like copyrights and most you know you know most artists have no clue what metadata is. They don't know what ISRC code is. Exactly. Uh, these, these are basic yes. things. These are basic mm-hmm. things that you need to be able to know to be in our in, to be in our business. There's so many people out here walking around calling themselves professionals. They have mm-hmm. no clue what these basic terms mean. I'm sorry, but uh, another thing that they have to learn is time. And unfortunately, you run out of time occasionally, which we have just okay. managed to do. I want to thank you so much for coming back and being with us here and uh, going over an awful lot of stuff with us. And I appreciate that. And I do hope you'll come back and we get a chance to talk some more. Awesome. Awesome. I definitely will be. I'll definitely uh, be back. We've got to do, do a podcast now next time. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. We can do that. Thank you again. Ladies and gentlemen, his name is Darrell Parrott. You'll find him online, as he mentioned. If you're an emerging artist or you know an artist that you think deserves to be listened to, maybe you want to drop him a line. Text Darrell Parrott. Thank you, Darrell. We really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Appreciate y'all. Have a good night. You too. Thank you. And we'll be going to Mr. Clint Slate, all the way from Paris, France, on a track he has done in an album that he did together with Elona James. I think you're going to like this. And here it is right now. This is called Simply Believe.
from his album Silent Sea. That's Clint Slate with Alona James, and here to talk with us is the man himself. Hello, Clint. How are you? Hello, David. I'm fine. How are you? Doing just fine, thank you. And again, thank you for joining us in the middle of the Paris night. Although I, I hear the nights in Paris are really nice. It could be if you take out the rain and and the frost <laughs> and some hail today. But apart from that, it's quite nice. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I guess tonight is not the night to climb the Eiffel Tower and look over the city. But <laughs> thank you for joining us once again. And thank you for sharing this wonderful album with Ilona James. Uh, as I mentioned, when you uh, when you gave us this uh, a track from the album to play last time you were on, that uh, your, your music, when you work together, has almost an ethereal quality to it. Tell us, tell us a little bit about Ilona James. No, we don't we don't know a lot about the young lady. Tell us about her. Well, we we met totally by by chance uh, on the on Twitter um, when we entered uh, a wheel of collaboration for a radio uh, at the beginning of February. And um, we just met through this wheel to to give a track to the uh, to the radio, and we had a month to uh, to compose it and to write it. And the fact is that uh, we wrote it uh, in a matter of hours on, on on the very first day. So we seemed to click, you know, and uh, we thought, okay, maybe we should try and write some more and see if it can work. And uh, and you know, get uh, acquainted and and know, get to know each other and 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 try to do things. And um, and then I realized that she was a nurse living in Scotland, and oh, wow. uh, and she was uh, a songwriter too, on her own and had some songs on on Spotify right now that you can uh, that you can listen that are really great. And we decided to just try to find a middle ground, you know, between her atmosphere and universe and my atmosphere and universe and uh, and and to really for the first time collaborate and co-write entirely all the songs so it's very uh it's very unique for both of us and it's very interesting because it's uh, something i haven't done before and uh, and you know how i love things that i don't know how to get yes. out with <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, you're you're definitely the adventurous spirit, and I commend you for that. This is quite a uh, collaboration. That's not the first that we've had, where we've had musicians uh, from different parts of the world collaborate on the same tune. But I, I will say this is the first time that I think we've had France and Scotland collaborate together. Now, can you tell me a little bit about? Uh, Ilona's background. Last time you were on, we talked about yours. What can you tell us about Ilona's background? Well, she's a nurse, uh, actually, in uh, in real life, if I say. Uh, she uh, does sing and and play piano and write her own songs. And um, she's been doing this for quite some time now. But she wanted to. Uh, she she went back to music really because of the uh, the pandemic. Because as a nurse, it was. Uh, quite um, a heavy burden, you know, at times. And uh, she told sure. me the songwriting was a way to lift it, you know, from her shoulder and 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 sleep better at night. And you know, boom, put all that to rest. And it's just uh, she she's very passionate about it, and she uh, she just wants to write songs that she's proud of and 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 connect with other people. And uh, and that's the beauty of the of the internet nowadays. 
for people yes. like us is that you can connect with people you wouldn't meet otherwise. Uh, just they're just a click away, you know. So it's mm-hmm. very it's very interesting, and and I, I encourage everybody to to go and check her because she she has a beautiful voice, you know. She's she has this quality like uh, Dolores O'Riordan from the Cranberries or, uh, or, uh, or Alanis Morissette or, or Clanad, which is a, a folk group. Um, it's something else, you know. You, hmm. you have to hear it. <laughs> I, I can understand that, and I definitely want to check out the album, listeners, for your, uh, for your checking purposes. The album is Silent Sea. That's Clint Slate with Ilona James, and uh, I definitely want to check out the entire album. We're going to play a second cut here in a few minutes, but John Bon Jovi, you're sitting there very pensively, and I know you agree with me that when a, a Frenchman says a woman is passionate about anything, you tend to believe him. I have been told, Clint, that there's being French has something to do with passion, and you get a woman involved, and there's this... I don't know, this whole, if you're familiar with American cartoons, Pepe Le Pew thing going on. And, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, yeah. from my perspective, certainly welcome back to the show. It is great to have you back on with us again. And uh, I remember our conversation from last time, and there were, you know, the, some insightful comments some comedic comments, and it was overall just a really good conversation. Uh, I want to uh, hit you up a little bit here and get some more information on this song that we just listened to, uh, Believe, because it does have quite an ethereal feel to it. And what was going through your head when the two of you uh, put this down on tape to, to get the product that you got? Because it really is nice. Well, f- first of all, thanks a lot. Or, I, as Pepe would say, merci beaucoup. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then, um, well, in fact, the, the the collaboration I was talking about is that we we really embraced the whole uh, together process. So I just uh, I, I wanted to to do the things I did for Dragons, the the last album we talked about last time. Uh, so I just found IDs on the guitar, recorded them instantly, and sent them to uh, to Yona as fast as as possible. So I wouldn't taint them, uh, you know, and and give her anything that would um, uh, force her in the direction. So it, it was just up to her to to find. I don't know, a, a vocal melody, or lyrics, a theme, and, and stuff like that. And then we would discuss about something and, and see what happens. And on, on this one, I had this chord sequence, and she sent me some vocals for some kind of verse and, and chorus section. And I thought, okay, I will try to put my own voice in the middle of her sentences. And so within... The, the demo of a single verse and chorus, I had the whole song in a way. Right. And, um, and then I, I sent her this mix mash and, uh, and then we discussed the, the, the lyrics and I just tried to find, I sampled her voice saying believe and it gave me the song because I heard something in this word 
Uh, mm. I don't really know why, but the way she sang it, I heard, I knew I had to make it the backbone of the song. And every song we, we work on are done this way, you know, we just try to, I want the spark. I would have written a song with this called Sequence, but it wouldn't have been this one. It's sure. this one because she sent me this vocal track and we never discussed the theme per se, you know, I, I, I didn't ask her what it really was about. I have my own story in my head and I try to write my own lyrics to further this theme, you know, to go to, to go down this groove and try something, you know, try to find this middle ground. This is not my music, this is not hers, this is the this is ours. Sure. Now, as a follow-up, though, I want to, um, you know, of course, COVID has kept us all apart from people that we want to be with, and I'm sure that this is no exception with the two of you. But a two-part question, I guess. First of all, have you ever collaborated face-to-face, -face, and are you planning, once the restrictions are lifted, and it looks like at least over here on, you know, stateside, you know, they're starting to lift a little bit, does it look like you're going to be able for the two of you to actually sit down and write music together instead of having to do it through a long-distance relationship? Well, I guess uh, the, the, for the first part of the question, no. We, we always, you know, send things through through Twitter and email, and we, we talk about it, but it's very, very short and very concise. Um, and as for the second part of the question, I have no idea, and that's maybe the, I think it's the beauty of it, is that this project came totally out of nowhere, and I still don't know where it's going. I just know that uh, without the COVID, and that's the silver lining of this pandemic, I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have done the previous album, and this one too, because it's just luck, it's just chance, you know, it's just go with the flow and uh, roll with the Absolutely. punches. Absolutely, um, yeah. If I can, yes. If it's possible, we'll do it. If I, if it's not, well, we'll find them some other way. They love V, right? I understand that. Exactly. You, you, you have a very insightful way about you, and I'm thinking, have you have you ever done any any writing, as in books, articles, or things like that? Oh, I used to be a journalist for about ten years, I think, maybe uh, more. Then there's. And um, I, would I would suggest the thought to you, if I might, uh, not to, you know, tell you how to do anything or anything, but the thought has crossed my mind that here is a, a story to be told that you could tell very well. And being a part of that story gives you the insight. The fact that you were a journalist gives you the other the other strong point so you have the two points you have an insight into the story you have the journalist's way of being able to tell the story there might be a story here that you could put into the form of a book uh an outgrowth of the pandemic you know looking back as as we do now and we have growing up we remember the stories of the black plague and all of the other things and uh i'm thinking you know here's a story that grew out of something similar to the plague and uh, brought two people together that didn't really know each other existed and gave them the opportunity to develop a relationship that developed music together. I don't know. I think, what do you, what do you think, John Bon Jovi? I think there's a story that could be put together there. 
I think there's definitely at least a magazine article somewhere being written somewhere by somebody that might know something more about this. I, I think that uh, I think <laughs> what, that you what I'm trying to do is <laughs> what I'm trying to do here is cover for the fact that I was distracted in reading something on the log sheet uh-huh. that you sent me, <laughs> and right. I, I, I probably lost about three quarters of what you were saying. Clint, my apologies on that. Uh, I, I know we're talking about the long distance relationship thing, and you know, in reality, you know, when it comes to lovers, it doesn't really work. When it comes to collaborators of music, we know several people that have been doing it for a while, and it's worked beautifully. Yeah. And I was I was conjecturing yeah, yeah, totally. that here is a story in depth of two people from somewhat different parts of the world, totally different societies, that have come together as a result of this, uh, you know, this black plague-like pandemic that we've had, and they've developed. They, they found that they could write beautiful music together, meaningful music, and I'm thinking that hey, there's a story that could be put together here, uh, whether it's a magazine article, a book, or whatever. Uh, I could, you know, being really the dreamer that I am, I could even see a uh, see a movie coming out of it. Where uh, I, I think it's a I think it's a workable idea. And with your insight into the lyrics and the feeling, Clint, plus now that we know that you were a journalist at one time, uh, I think this might be an interesting project for you to consider. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. I, I, to be honest, I'm I'm so close to the subject I didn't see it, but. Yeah, you're right. I see it. I just have to add that if we do a movie, I, I just want uh, Leonardo DiCaprio to play my role. I mean, it would be quite quite a, a good step for him, I think, <laughs> and, to, to play him. And good old me. All, all I want to add. To- all I want to add to that point is I'm not going to ask for any finder's fee for giving you the idea, but find a bit <laughs> find a bit role that John and I could play in the movie. Oh, I wait. <laughs> oh, you can both play myself. And, and of course, well, you can fly us over to France. And, and, you know, that, <laughs> yeah, it could be cool. And not on a radio. And, and I would play you. You know, we all, we all mix. I, I play both of you. There you not go. Not at the same time. You know, there would be CGI and stuff, but uh, it could be fun. Right. <laughs> well, Clint, we've just about burned up the entire clock here, and it has been a ball, as always, great talking to you. I think it's time that we... Uh, Kind of let you get off and, and and go to bed, get some sleep there, guy. But before you do, tell the folks yes. how they can find this album, Silent Sea, that you've done with Lona James, and uh, we'll go from there. Yes, so the Silent Sea is out on uh, Bandcamp, on my Bandcamp, cleanslate.bandcamp.com, and it's, uh, there is a special edition with extra tracks that's already uh, uh, available to pre-order now, and it's going to be out on uh, June the 7th. And it's going to be everywhere, you know, from Spotify to Deezer to Amazon to Apple Music and stuff. Um, from June uh, 24th, I think. Uh, June 21st. And, June 21st. Uh, and don't hesitate, you know, spread the word, like, share, support the indie music scene. And, uh, and, and most of all, listen to uh, this amazing show I'm on because I really lo- love to talk to you guys. Oh, well, thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, Clint Slate, here he is with Lona James and a thing called No Way Out.
about wrap up our show for this week. Uh, it was great having Darrell Parr back again, talking on Rockstar 101 about what it takes to make it in this crazy music industry today. And also Clint Slate for staying up late over in Paris, France, and uh, sharing some music with us as well. We'll be back again next week. We hope you will too. John Bon Jovial, take us home. Yes, sir. Well, folks, as I say every week and mean it every week, you've just spent another perfectly good hour with us here at the David Bowers Awards, and we are, as always, very grateful for your presence. The David Bowers Awards, this is what the show is called, is broadcast around the world from the studios of Computer Help USA in Naples, Florida, and from the Valley of the Sun in Tempe, Arizona, and we are available for free on most of the major streaming services, including now the new podchaser.com forward slash the david bowers be sure to follow the david bowers awards on blog talk radio instagram twitter linkedin and facebook and join us for next week's show the david bowers awards saturday at 12 p.m eastern on wrfc fm 106.3 on your fm radio dial in uh, rochester new york that's rochester free radio and blog talk radio sunday at 2 p.m eastern 11 a.m pacific and 6 p.m utc so until next week, for the David Bowers, Hop Along Sarcassity, who is strangely absent each week, and all of the crew of rejects here at the Radio Ranchero, this is the legendary John Bon Jovial saying, be good to yourself, love one another, wash your hands, keep your distance for just a little while longer, get the vaccine, and we'll see you next week right here on the David Bowers Awards.